How's it going, everybody, and welcome back to the Well Daggum Podcast, where by the end of the show, we hope to have you saying, Well Daggum, I learned something today. I try to get as country as I can when I say it, but you know, it's it's coming in there. Um, let's kick the show off right and talk about some other podcasts other than me. That sounds great. Uh, I am a part of the On The List Entertainment Podcast Production Yada, yada, yada. Uh, if you're not on the list, you're nobody. But those who are on the list are this list as follows. Uh, <laughs> we have some podcasts you need to check out. Scotch and Sports Podcast. It's about uh, story times uh, of what you would tell to your children before they go to bed. We like to think of it as a, uh, you know, little fairy tales. No, it's about Scotch and Sports, y'all. They talk about drinks. They talk about sports. It's a great show. You need to check it out. Dads on Dayquil. Uh, honestly, they sound more like dads on Nyquil because they're they're a little goofy. They're a little funny. You want to check these guys out. They have some great things to throw around. They actually have an awesome bracket going on right now for Halloween, scary stuff, scary movies, monsters, ghouls, and goblins. Uh, go check it out. Mostly about movies uh, of that nature. But these are three three dads that are really funny, really great. I'm gonna have them on the show soon. Get it all lined out. We also have four nerds by nerds. If you're a nerd, you need to check them out. They they hit on all kinds of awesome parts here. Uh, they've got some cool things going on as well. Uh, what else we got here? Page turners and button smashers. Uh, if you like books or video games, uh, this is a couple of folks that will really get you to where you need to go in that area. That sounds a little inappropriate, but that's what they do. Uh, check them out. Go check out this podcast. And... Uh, Last but not least, we have some of the ones that have uh, really brought this all together to begin with, the Inner Idiot Podcast. Go check them out. Uh, Tyler and Shorty and Ava, they have some guests on here and there. But uh, lots of fun, lots of entertaining, entertaining time. If you need some time to fill in your day, go check out one of these podcasts. Check out On The List Entertainment uh, on Twitter, on Instagram, things of that nature. They can hook you up with all these different ones. We put out a, a Spotify playlist if you're looking for something and don't know what to listen to. Every week, uh, On The List puts out a, a Spotify playlist that you can just hit play, and it'll give you one podcast after the other of all of our smooth-sounding goodness. So if you need your ear holes blessed, just jump on over to On The List Entertainment. Now that that entertaining piece of the show is out of the way, um, if you're not out there on the social medias following us for the Well Gum Podcast, make sure to get out there on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, MySpace, uh, fan, OnlyFans, whatever you want to get onto. I've probably got something for it. Look up Well Gum Podcast. Follow us, like us, share us. You know, I'm not on YouTube. I need to get my I need to get my audio on YouTube or start putting video out. That'd be great. People like to see my ugly mug. But anyway, go out there, follow, like, share, subscribe. If you see me posting something, leave a comment. Uh, I'm getting sick of Instagram. You post something now, and they said promote this on such and such, and I keep posting on other people's stuff. Promote this on my lower back tattoo or something like that. And I don't know if anybody's catching the joke because there's a lot of promotion fake things out there. But hopefully somebody will pay to have advertisement on my lower back one day. I don't know. Check us out, follow us, subscribe, links in bio, all that stuff. If you go to my social medias, you can find anywhere you need to listen to the show at on my link tree. You click on it, you can find us on Spotify and Apple and yada, 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 yada. And uh, you can just click on those links and it'll take you right to them. Uh, I think that's all the housekeeping. Uh, except it is a little musky in here. I need to do something. Like rat poop. Yeah, yeah, you're right, Mom. It smells like rat poop down here. I need to 
need a fumigate or something like that. They say if you put mint, like mint oil out, that it'll kind of get some mice away and stuff. I think I've got a little bit of... Like rat poop. Yeah, a little rat poop, maybe mouse poop, possibly. Anyway, tonight on the show, we have a much uh, much sought-after guest. We have someone that I've been trying to get on the show since day one. Uh, he's been a friend of mine since before I started the show, Oh, basically since I moved to northern Kentucky, uh, got near the Cincinnati, greater Cincinnati area, and uh, uh, this man and I have become good friends, and we've tried to hang in there tight, even though we're not next-door neighbors, but we still try to keep up with each other as best we can. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know how much more praise I can give him, uh, but he's a, he's a fun fella. But tonight on the show we have Dr., that's right, Dr. Caleb Wood. How you doing, Caleb? Man, I'm good. I'm good. Feeling feeling fine and froggy. Oh, very froggy. Hanging in there like a hair in a biscuit. <laughs> Can't get rid of me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like I said, Caleb and I have known each other for quite a while. We actually go to go to church together. That's how we started getting to know each other, is we went to church together and uh started a friendship through that. And uh really it's just kind of been what, seven, eight years now, something like that. Ooh. Yeah, I think so. Hard to believe. But, uh, but yeah, very busy man. Like I said, he is a doctor. Uh, <laughs> very sophisticated <laughs> fella. Uh, but in that being also in his life, he's a very busy guy. It's hard, it's hard to get a hold of him. Hard to, hard to pull him away from the life of being a, a father and a husband and a, a professional uh, of the doctoral arts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, dark arts, yeah. <laughs> I think that's what Theo Vaughn's thing is. Like, that's a part of the, the dark arts right there. <laughs> um, but, yeah, um, anything you want to tell us about you, Gabe? I don't think you have, like, social media you need to promote or anything, but tell us a little bit about no. you. Uh, so, yes, I am a doctor, but not like your wife. I'm a psychologist, <laughs> so I'm on the uh, mental health side of it. Hey, I uh, think that's one of the funner parts of it. I would love to do what you do. I just don't want to put in the work to get there, so I just made a free podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. That's that's kind of what I tell people is uh, just live vicariously through me. Don't do what I do. There you go. Yeah, I do call, I do text Caleb quite often and be like, hey, man, I'm crazy. Can you? give me a free estimate on how crazy I am. <laughs> <laughs> and I ask you to look at an ink blot and we go from there. <laughs> it looks like my cousin cutting off the head of a cat. I don't know why. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. So no, that's, uh, that's what I do. I've bounced around part of what I'm sure we'll get into. Um, I'm waiting to start a new job for the last, actually since, right before COVID started, I was working in a prison. And so I was a prison psychologist for the, what, last 19 months, 20 months, something like that, a little bit longer. And, um, finally, you know, finally got out on parole and now I'm, (laughs) you know, jumping back into a different side of the job market, you know, so (laughs) waiting to get that started. So in the interim, I've been doing the stay at home dad with a toddler. So that's been wild. Hey man, it's, it's a fun job. I'll tell you right now, I'm kind of jealous that you only have one to have to take care of at the moment because three is too much. (laughs) Yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> God be with you on that one. <laughs> yeah, our our youngest, uh, she'll be six months on the 19th of this month. 
and uh, she's rolling over now. Like before, it was like, I'm going to lay you here, and I'm going to go do something. Even if you're crying, you're going to be there when I get back. Not anymore. Now now she's a steamroller and uh, decides that I'm going to go to this side of the room. And now I've got the two toddlers, the three and four. Well, I guess uh, Ben's going to be five here in, in a couple yeah. of weeks. So the five and three. But uh, they just leave Legos everywhere and, like, chokeable hazards. <laughs> and and now I've got to be like, hey, guys, you're responsible for making sure your sister doesn't die. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm constantly, like, picking up little lids to markers, whatever she can put in her mouth. Because, man, once she goes rolling, it's not even, like, an, an angle. You can't lay her one way and think she's going to no. go there. Nah, she ends up totally sideways over in a corner. I don't know. I mean, I try to keep oh. best watch I can, but... Yeah. You know, you do what you can, but sometimes you just take the L. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't want to take the L on that one. That that could probably go to jail or something over that. But <laughs> so, so what's what's all of your uh, your stay at home dad stuff entailing here lately? What's something uh, new for you that's not in the job so, force? Yeah. So, well, this week I'm doing potty training, so I am. <laughs> you know, she is. Uh, she's my first. So this is my first time doing that. And, you know, with my wife at work, then <laughs> I'm getting to do it mostly alone. So that's been I, there's, quite the trip. There's no shame in giving up. I'll go ahead and tell you right now. <laughs> <laughs> Your kids still aren't potty trained, right? They, well, <laughs> I, in a sense, you know, <laughs> on some spectrum of the level, they are trained. <laughs> They grasp the concept. They just, you know, yeah. It, <laughs> in practice, it may not be there. <laughs> Honestly, it really come down to the point of just having them do it on their own because we give them all the information. We give them all the, you know, this is what happens. This is what you do, and yeah. you know, eventually, like the the older brother, he finally just was like, "All right, I'm ready." And because <laughs> his sister started doing it on her own, she's like, "Hey, leave me alone. I'm going to the potty." Climbs up, yeah. does her thing. I'm like, "Where? How?" Like we've been trying wow. with your brother for a year and you're yeah. just all of a sudden like, no, nah, I want to do this. And that's what got him spurred on to be like, well, I can't let her beat me. So he started <laughs> actually doing it, but so far so good. I mean, nice. That's encouraging. Yeah. Yeah. With, with Ruby, she, it, well, so my wife was going to start it a while back. She had like a week off work and we were going to do that whole <laughs> I had never heard of this. Maybe this was popular in parent world, but the whole like <laughs> naked day for the kid where yeah. that's supposed to encourage them to want to use the toilet and stuff. So yeah. I was at work and working in the prison. I couldn't have my phone. So I w wasn't able to get any updates, you know, until <laughs> I get done. But I get back to my car and turn on my phone and I've got so many texts from my <laughs> wife. Like, she just peed on the floor for the third time right next to the toilet. Next text was like, I'm done with this. We can try it again later. Next text was like, now she's got a fever and all this stuff. Uh, so ended up that Ruby ended up getting like really sick. And then my wife got sick all on the day she had tried it. So my wife was just like, screw this. We can wait until like Christmas or something, you know. We'll just start so, putting depends on her at some point. Yeah, She'll well, be all right. you know what? There, there are bigger diapers <laughs> out there. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. So we weren't going to do it. And then we actually just this past Sunday got back to church for the first time in a while because yeah. we've been, you know, really 
cautious with COVID and, you know, with my job, I was contract. And if I was out of work, I just didn't get paid, you know, wasn't wasn't worth it for that. Yeah, it it wasn't, you know, I, I I like our church and all, but I don't like them, you know, to the (laughs) loss of a paycheck, you know, when I can, (laughs) you know, watch on Facebook. But so we got back and I was thinking like, man, the rule for Ruby to go up to the next classroom is whether or not she's potty trained. Like, oh. Now, you know, now is she going to be like that weird old kid running around the nursery, you know, <laughs> that isn't potty trained. Hey, that's my <laughs> snack pack. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. So I was like, man, I don't, I don't have a good reason other than laziness to not try to do it this week. And right. I've known that she's ready, you know, so We've been, we've been working on it. Today was day two and today was far more successful than yesterday. That's you know? good. So yeah, here's to hoping tomorrow's better. Yeah. I like it. How you phrased it when you were talking about it. I was like, yeah, my wife, she was going to do it. She said, Oh, I have a week. I'm going to potty train her. And it, to me, I just laugh. I'm like, you think <laughs> your box of a window there is going to be like, yeah, I'll put her in that. Like, nah, she's right. a kid. She's not. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, she's not feeling it. it. It just happens when it happens. You can't be discouraged. I was telling For a friend sure. the other day, since the youngest is so small now, like I don't pay attention. Well, me or my wife, we don't pay attention to the little things she does hardly because the first one, it's like, they walk, they crawled, they oh. did. I've got videos like, Oh man, oh, of course. such yeah. a cool dude. Look at this little guy. Yeah. And now it's just like, Oh, she's rolling now. Oh, okay. <laughs> <sighs> Tell it. that pays now? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, it's just everything's happening. And I was talking to some friends that had their first kid that's like my little girl's age now. And uh, I'm just like, yeah, don't worry about it. Like, the competition between cousins or whoever has a kid that same age is like, yeah, don't worry about it. By the time they're one, they're all about the same. It's, <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, Absolutely. Yeah, because ours, ours started walking fairly early, like 10 months or so. You know, and I was like, oh, hey, wow. that's pretty good. You know, it's not not groundbreaking, but, you know. <laughs> not not setting any records, but. right? You know, but I'm pretty proud of that. You know, no, that's impressive. Yeah, yeah. So, but this one will just be like, you know, when she does it, she does it. Whatever. Yeah, if it happens, it happens. <laughs> you know. The longer we can wait, you know, the yeah. better, I guess. When she's really mobile, that's when life will really suck. You know. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, funny that's... enough, at, at church on Sunday, yeah, un prompted had somebody come up to me asking about how things were going it was like you know once uh once you do that potty training you know once they're potty trained it's a whole different world like (laughs) everything changes from that moment on yeah not realizing that we had basically said that yeah tomorrow we're gonna start type (laughs) of thing but i was like i I mean I'm, i'm sure it does but at the same time you know every next phase changes everything yeah you know well as soon as our our boy and girl both start they potty train their self basically and it's like oh okay hey no more diapers this is awesome and she's like <laughs> i'm pregnant and i'm like we're starting all over again you know it's... i'll i'll go to the store <laughs> <laughs> we'll check amazon for deals i guess right absolutely so yeah I, I feel for you it's a fun game man it's a fun it is it's uh <laughs> it's something for sure i know after after we finished tonight because so for those that don't know, my wife's a teacher. And so, you know, her day starts very early, which I'm not somebody that does well with sleeping in. So that also <laughs> means that my day starts very early, which right. also means that our daughter's day starts very <laughs> early, you know? Um, and so 
today was long. And then by the time we finally got her down, um, I was like, oh, man, I am exhausted. I, I literally haven't left the house yeah. because I'm trying to potty train. Like we weren't even in the backyard today. Yeah. And somehow I am more exhausted than <laughs> when I've, you know, worked those, you know, the 10 hour days and yeah. been running around and, you know, the segregated housing in the prison type of thing. <laughs> you know? but yeah. It's, it's uh, uh, the, the more kids you have, uh, the more you realize, like we, we moved to a, you know, a house with a bigger floor plan, you know, a few years back. And that's been a lifesaver for me as far as like keeping them entertained because it's like, Oh, go play in this room. All right. Go build a tent in this room. <laughs> like how sure. long can I keep them inside <laughs> before I have to yes. try to pack the baby around outside? Because I can't just like, if they want to go out, yeah, that's fine. You can play on your own, but no, I'm going right. to take the baby. I got to make sure she's not bit by mosquitoes. I got to, <sighs> yeah, it's the whole thing. Yeah. It's, I love it. Just in case people were wondering, I love. It's great. Yeah, everybody should do it. You should have three or four. Go for it. Wait, wait till you're older. Wait till you're close to thirty. Oh. Then have some. You know, go have some fun first. Well, you know, and that's the thing. My wife and I joke about is that there was no way that we would have been anywhere near prepared for kids at even at the age that like our parents had us you right. know? i mean we had we had our daughter when we were 25 yeah no 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 no. that math is way bad that's when we got <laughs> married sorry no we had her in our 30s I think so your that. daughter's 10 <laughs> yeah she's like 10 yeah my, my math is i'm great at math um no we had her in our early 30s we got married when we were 25 and we were okay. saying like you know, our parents got married, you know, I don't know, they were super young, you know, because yeah. they're all the boomer generation, you know, so they, they got married young, they had us when they were early 20s or whatever type yeah. of thing, you know, and just thinking back, like, in my early 20s, there's no way I would have been prepped <laughs> to have a kid. But flip side of that, I had so much more energy and so much more, yeah, you know, I think about it constantly. Ability <laughs> to go without sleep and all that, you know? Yeah, I think about that stuff constantly of where, you know, there's a part of me that's like, yeah, go enjoy life. Go travel, you know, work those crappy jobs that you don't have, you only have to take care of yourself. You don't have to worry about others. And then when yeah. you get older, then it's like, okay, now I'm time to settle down. I've sowed my wild oats. But then I get jealous of the people that get married at 18 or 19 and have kids right away. And I'm like, yeah, by the time they're grown – you'll still be young and be able <laughs> right. to be like, okay, now it's time to go out and enjoy life. And yeah. Yeah. I couldn't imagine having all of the willpower as a young person taking care of kids th now. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm always tired. People, they're, <laughs> they're like, you know, some people with the coronavirus, it just seems like they have a cold and they just feel fatigued. Have you noticed that? And I was like, if I was fatigued, I wouldn't know any difference. <laughs> yeah, that that's life. That is that is my baseline. You know, that is who I am. That is my identity. <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, you got bags under your eyes. Did you have a rough night? I was like, I have a rough everything. Like, there are always bags under my eyes. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, and and, is, it's, um... I, and I love it. I've got to say, it, <laughs> it's the most rewarding. It's great. <laughs> Nah, I'll be honest about it. It sucks sometimes. <laughs> oh, it is horrible. Yeah. 
so often, but yeah. yes, I mean, genuinely, so truthfully speaking, it's fantastic. Like yeah. it's yeah, best the, decision ever, most fun I've ever had, worst it, decision I've ever made type of thing. Even if they're <laughs> trying to work you over when your little girl or your little boy comes up and just like, they hug you out of nowhere and they look up and be like, I love you. You know, that will bring a tear to mind. I'll be like, okay, you made up for being an, an asshole all day. <laughs> yeah. I have hated you for the last nine hours. <laughs> but you made it all. Seconds. Yeah. You made all up for it. Go to bed. <laughs> we'll start all over tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. I love you so much. Go away. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's fun, man. Yeah. Congratulations on, on that, that little potty training adventure you're on. <laughs> oh, for sure. It's, you know, my, my wild dreams of what this unexpected time off between, you know, between the two jobs was going to be, you yeah. know, didn't originally include staying home and potty training, but oh, yeah. you know what, I'll, I'll look back on it and be grateful that I, <laughs> you know, did what I could when I had the time rather yeah. than the other way around, you know? Yeah, it the the one big thing that changed for me, I think, and, and just to add more on to this, is we have a little dog. You guys have a little dog, and yeah. uh, we have a little dog, and they they used to be buddies back in the day a little bit. But uh, yeah, the and my dog's pretty good for the most part. Like she'll go to her bowl and like pat at the bowl, and it's like, oh, I need water. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll put some water in there. Or she'll go to the door and bark and be like, oh, mm -hmm. I, I gotta go potty. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. But when you got three little kids running around like you know, screaming banshees. Like it's so much to be like, okay, everyone stay in the house. Do not lock me out of the house. I'm going to take the dog out, watch your baby sister. If she does something, you know, then you can come out and scream, dad, we need help. The bookshelf <laughs> fell on the baby, whatever. Yeah. So there's yeah. parts of me. They're like, Oh, there was a hawk flying around. Be careful. It might pick up your tiny dog. And that's when I just kind of like take her off her leash and say, <laughs> right it's in god's hands now <laughs> if it happens it happens oh, it didn't happen come inside let me get you some more water dang it yeah I, I love animals i love my pets but uh at the same time she's had a good life and if something happens i'll be like oh i'm sad uh, okay absolutely you know natural selection and all that, right? <laughs> it's the circle of life yeah but anyway so Speaking of, you know, circle of life and pooping yeah. and stuff, uh, let, let's get into a little bit of your stories from the prison. Is there anything uh, that regales uh, in your brain that you can think of that, that you're able to share with us that might give us uh, maybe a little chuckle? Yeah, so I was trying to think what some of the more uh, shareable <laughs> stories were, you know, ones right. that weren't for the faint of heart, you know, because there are definitely plenty of those working at a level three men's prison, you know, which I still don't fully, I was there for, again, over a year and a half. I still don't fully understand the levels and all that. I just know the one that I was at was like kind of one below like the level where guys or the level below the like death row prison type oh. of thing. You know, nice. <laughs> um, and we had we had quite a few lifers at our prison and stuff like that, you know, so it it wasn't one of those where it was just like short timers who, yeah. you know, stole some drugs or, you know, yeah. held up a 7-Eleven, you know, with their finger in their pocket type of thing. Like it was, you know, 
some pretty heinous stuff, you know, with some of these guys, you know, which was, again, my whole career before that was working with kids and teens for the most part. So (laughs) sitting down one-on-one in a room with, you know, a guy that has been charged with killing X number of people, you know, or has, you know, he's doing the next 25 to 40 years, you know, type of thing for whatever crime, blah, blah, blah. So it was kind of a wild changeover. Yeah. Kind of like one of those things of like, um, yeah, now I know working with those kids was super important because if I hadn't, they might end up being this person that I'm helping now. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Oh, this is what he was going to turn into. Okay, yeah. yeah. Full full spectrum <laughs> That's of why the... I was seeing him. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so I, I definitely had some interesting guys that I worked with. Some of them were very stereotypical, yeah. you know, kind of what you would see on TV and movies as far as like tatted head to toe, you know, can't put more than three words together with about 11 expletives in between, you know, that can't read or write, you know, like stuff like that. There were a lot of those, but then there were some guys that had college degrees and, you know, had been married for 25 years and had multiple kids that he was in touch with and had a good relationship with and was Uh. still talking to regularly. And, you know, guys that were really strong in their faith, guys that were leading different types of mentor programs. Like it was, it was just all over the place. What yeah. I would see. Yeah. Know? Just, it was just uh, that one bad day at the water park that put him in there. You know, it's <laughs> right. Yeah. That it's one just, guy that was, cut him off, you know? And <laughs> yeah, he was, he was potty training his toddler and <laughs> just <laughs> you know? snapped, you know, next thing you know, he's on my caseload. Fa- <laughs> father of three just had walking the dog one day and then <laughs> right. oh, he just snapped, you know? <laughs> so it, it was, man, there were, there were some guys on the, on the caseload that like when I would pull their name up in my system, you know, it would have like not their mugshot, but like their picture that they take when they come in. Yeah. And one guy that I remember, he was probably one of my favorite clients, like a guy that I worked super closely with actually made a lot of progress with and was doing a lot of work for, he was a lifer who had, a really rough charge. Like okay. his, I, I tried not to look the guys up as far as like actually the stories about what got him in, like the news reports and stuff. And yeah. I didn't have access to like the full police reports. I could just see their charge and their sentence, you know, yeah. like how many years they were doing. So the only way that I would get like any details or background were either if the guy told me, if, somebody happened to find a news report in one way or another, (laughs) or every once in a while there was like a unique situation where his, you know, there was a write up that was in his, you know, in his file that I had access to. Yeah. But so this guy, he was in on a pretty like true crime podcast type of charge. Yeah. Um, and the one of the reports about him, as what, far as his was it Joe Exotic? No, <laughs> what it was the Tiger King. Yes. <laughs> um, one of one of the news reports though about his arrest was saying something to the effect of when he was arrested, he was on 
it was something like a never before seen amount of meth or something like that hmm. was like the the description was like the amount was just unheard of pa- past lethal you know? yeah <laughs> uh, yes yeah. and as i you know and so again this guy's doing life and as i you know started working really closely with him he also had some very very severe mental health stuff and so i got to the point i was seeing him more frequently than most other people on my caseload just because he was so severe yeah um he got to telling me about how before he got this charge he had done either 20 or 25 years mm-hmm. in a federal penitentiary nice in like a different state or something like that and i still to this day don't know what that charge was <laughs> but i have my suspicions given that he did 20 or 25 years in, a, yeah. in the feds like i've got my suspicions about what he did and i know <laughs> what he did in this one and i was like okay so i've got some uh assumptions again about what type of true crime podcast could be about you (laughs) you know so this guy though like you look at his picture and it just looks like you know the that stereotypical like oh yeah this guy probably is a serial killer yeah wouldn't want to run into him uh in a dark alley or a lit alley for that matter (laughs) right yes like has that look he's got kind of the you know, the, the gaunt face, cause he's got this long history of substance use also. So right. he's, you know, kind of got that look and he's got, you know, the name just sounds like it would on, you know, some of these serial killer type of things. Yeah. Charles. And he just, he looks <laughs> right. Charles Manson, and, uh, something like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like, he just, he looks super intimidating. He's, you know, you read his charges, you look at his diagnoses, like it's, the guy's intense, but yeah. he was the most like polite, <laughs> respectful, friendly guys that I worked with my whole time. Like every single time that we finished up a session, he was always like, thank you, Dr. Wood. Have a good day. I'll see you next week. That's awesome. You know, and was always like, yes, sir. No, sir. And always very friendly. Huh. Um, in the prison, like it, there's, you know, a whole list of like rules that the guys have to follow. And if they break any of the rules, they get what's called a ticket for it. And there's a variety of consequences that go along with the tickets. And right. it's, you know, the, the rules are everything from like the really obvious ones, you know, about you know, like no fighting, no yeah. stealing, no going places you're not supposed to, but even to minor things like, disrespect or not standing up off of their bunks during count time, you know, like stuff like that, really minor things. And so every guy always has like a ton of different tickets (laughs) and you can, you know, just depending on like what type of tickets they have, you can kind of tell, all right, is this a guy that actually is constantly in trouble or does he have just stupid tickets that you can ignore? This guy didn't have a single ticket. Wow. Like not even a minor ticket, not even, You know, just a random thing. So he was just like one of the most upstanding model (laughs) prisoners. He was in the honor block. He was like one of the head janitorial staff, you know, in the area he was working. Like, so this guy, again, you hear his story, you look at him on paper, you see his picture. You think he's a serial killer that you don't want to be anywhere around. But then you meet him, you talk to him, you, you know, kind of see what he's about. You're like 
there's no way that yeah. this guy is what he seems to be, you mm-hmm. know, and just the two didn't seem to match, but he had some very fun stories. <laughs> I'll, I'll say as far as, you know, again, just because he's, he had a pretty severe psychotic disorder yeah. with lots of very active, constant auditory and visual hallucinations. Okay. And, yeah. You know, would come in on a weekly basis and be like, Oh yeah, I saw the little, the little man today that just was following me around, you know, he's about three feet tall and he's wearing a top hat and he was sitting up on top of the heater earlier, but then he was just like running past me in the hallway and I had to jump out of the way and ran into somebody else when I was dodging him. Oh dang. I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> awesome. And how are you doing on your meds? You scribble, know? <laughs> scribble, scribble. Interesting. Okay. So he, he just had some, some wild stuff, you know, so yeah. his, this guy, you know, having, he likely would have been diagnosed at like the age of, I don't know, sometime in his teenage years, like right. to hear him tell his stories, he was having very vivid hallucinations and lots yeah. of psychotic symptoms early on, on top of a lot of drug use and head injuries and stuff, well, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so, and I'm sure, yeah, it, it, probably needing that help then, but not anywhere close to receiving it. And cause they, even absolutely. people with the means to receive that kind of help now reject it and are like, no, 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 I'm good. Oh, yeah. So I could imagine just the spiral of, yeah. Yeah. He, not, not, not seeking perfect or not seeking <sighs> personal help. Yeah. No. Yeah. Not so much. Yeah. His, yeah. his help that he sought was, uh, drugs and, women and running from the law and you know being incarcerated and assaulting people and being assaulted and yeah. you know spending a long time in the hole and you know stuff like that so yeah that, that's life that was, sometimes yeah so that, that was that guy he was a lot of fun to work with like it, i mean i would be exhausted after my sessions with him but at the right. same time would be like invigorated by them because he was one that I felt like I was legitimately doing some good work with and, you know, saw a lot of his prognosis was horrible, but at the same time, you know, saw that we were doing some good for him and really helping him in some ways. Yeah. It's kind of like uh, the wife coming home and being excited because she like solved a mystery of like why this person was sick. Like, Oh, this person has this. And like, almost joyfully yeah. telling me about it. And I was like, I know you're not happy. They have that. <laughs> <laughs> You've got AIDS. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like, like, Oh, oh, Hey, I helped figure out what, ha- what this guy has wrong. It's like, did you fix it? Well, no, but we figured it out. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, we know we can add that diagnosis to his chart. Yeah. yeah. So I could see that being enjoyable <laughs> of like, yeah, being super exhausting, but at the same time, like, Oh, it's, re- this is rewarding. Cause I'm actually doing what I'm here to do. So. Right. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, so he was he was a fun one. Another one of my probably favorite guys on my caseload, um, a guy that I got pretty close to. He was pretty high up in the Bloods. Ooh. Um, so we had a lot of gang. I mean, every prison does, but so we had a lot of gang activity and, you know, all the big name gangs, but also a lot of just like the tiny little local gangs and yeah. lots of gang rivalries and gang related fights and issues. And we call know, ourselves like the skid marks. I'm like, nah, dude, you shouldn't. That's not, I don't think you understand that gang. No, chill out, chill out. But yeah, yeah. We, we wear brown bandanas. We're the skid marks. Come on, man. I had a guy <laughs> shortly before I left 
that came in and is like, yeah, I mean, I'm so the gangs, their general category is called STG security threat group. Okay. And the guy's like, yeah, I'm STG, but they don't even have the right like title for me. Like they've got me down as I don't even know what, but actually I'm a juggalo. <laughs> and he went in, he went into this whole thing about how he was like a big ICP fan. Uh, and, I know you all know, about he's that. Actually a juggalo. And, <laughs> That that was a thing there for a while where they were getting designated as uh, terrorist groups. Yeah. Like the that was like in court of like, hey, we're not a terrorist group, but they're like, now we're going to designate you or as a gang. I guess they were designated as a gang. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so this guy identified as a juggalo. You know that was yeah. that was well, his thing. You know. Yeah, I, I know a lot about the juggalos. They're uh, they're a great bunch of folk. Um, and I guess you know if I was going to go into prison, I had to join a gang. <sighs> ICP might not be so bad. Juggalos? Like, yeah, just, uh, you know, that, that's, yeah, that would be pretty fun. <laughs> I, do they let you have the face paint in there? I know, you know, yeah. yeah. You know, he wasn't he wasn't running around with the white and blacks like that. You yeah, know, he, I guess you'd have to get tattoos before you go in. Yeah, just yeah. The, of the full clown. Did have the guys with the, with the tats that looked like, yeah. you know, things like that. But, yeah, no, this guy... And, you know, I had another guy, he's this 18 year old kid that was this white kid who swore up and down that he was a crip, Okay, you know, which is a very black gang, you know, and he, he was like, yeah, I'm a crip. I was, you know, born and raised in a crip neighborhood. So I was jumped in and, you know, I've been a crip for life and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you're a little pale for uh, <laughs> being a crip, aren't you? <laughs> you know, yeah, so that the the gang stuff was interesting, but yeah, so the the one of my favorite guys being pretty high up in the bloods, and he was one who was like working on his college degree while I was there, was wanting like he was really turning himself around and was. Yeah you know, trying to like start different programs in his block and was like mentoring people. And I was running a group that he was in and he like took one of the other guys in the group under his wing. It was like cool. trying to get that guy off drugs and all this stuff. Nice, you know, like, man. you know, so we had, again, just the, you would expect type of thing, you know, and this guy looked intimidating. I mean, he was, you know, this big burly, like, bearded tough guy you know tats up and down you know again just had the look and had the you know had the vibe had the air about him but also would be very down to earth very straightforward very respectful about stuff yeah i feel like you're talking about me no (laughs) it was it was it was you it was your doppelganger uh that's how we got to know each other hey that's how we met a few years ago that's me in a nutshell (laughs) Yeah, so he was he was a fun one that I, you know, got to know really well and spent a lot of time with, you know, but then we had, you know, the guy that absolutely hated me, just <laughs> couldn't stand me, threatened me all the time, ended up spitting in my face one day. Nice. Um, you know, this guy was so yeah, for those that know mental health at all, he was every bit of a borderline personality disorder, um, which some of what is the toughest about that 
personality disorder is that their moods are incredibly erratic okay and they are just very like do anything for attention okay you know at least at the worst this is by no means every person with that diagnosis but you know will be just very wild with their behaviors and or you know doing stuff just to get attention very manipulative type of behaviors and stuff and so this guy would very frequently um how do i how do i say this cleanly uh he would smear fecal matter all over the walls of his cell or often over himself or he would you know, throw this fecal matter at passersby that he was not happy with and, you know, would threaten to uh, expel other fluids onto people. And this, this seems really like uh, my children. I feel like you're saying (laughs) (laughs) anything for attention smears poop. Yeah. They're checking off all the blocks here. So yes, absolutely. AirPod just died. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, it happens sometimes. Um, But yeah, so that guy, you know, I had some uh, pretty intense interactions with him because he also would try very frequently to go on suicide watch so that he could get moved into a different cell or yeah. so that he could move around, you know, so he would <laughs> the, make this all smell, sorts of- This cell smells like shit. I need a new one. <laughs> this one anymore i don't know i tried to paint the walls but it just keeps stinking and i I can't get this stain. i don't know what it is yeah he would this guy though he would frequently like cut himself in non-lethal ways but then claim that he was suicidal and that's why he had cut himself and you know at one point i got a call from the block they're like hey he's down here he's cutting on himself blah 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 and i was like how he's in a crisis cell without any property, without anything other than this. We had these, what we called were suicide smocks that basically were like, they were held together with Velcro and they, no piece was big enough for anybody to like hang themselves with or anything like that. Like they were, they couldn't be used in a lethal way. And then there were no other materials in the cell. Yeah. Cause he had acted up earlier and was already, you know, in one of these. And I was like, how he has no property. What did he do? <laughs> and apparently this guy had like dug into his forearm with his thumbnail, okay. you know, like scraping himself up, trying to wow. allegedly trying to kill himself, which again, it wasn't an actual suicide attempt. Right. It was a cry, non-suicidal cry for attention. You know, very much. See, yes. This I, is weird. First, you were talking about me. Then you were talking about my kids. Now you're talking about my ex girlfriends. This is so weird. I don't know how you keep picking out stuff of my life. I'm not. I'm not going to talk about Kel tonight. I was going to say, know, am, we're, we're am gonna... I? Am I in a session right now? I don't. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. It. You know, some of the some of the stuff like that, where you know, the stuff that guys would either do or claim to try to either get placed on suicide watch, which again, going on suicide watch, at least at my prison that I was at so many of the times was done 
solely for a sell move. You know, a guy was having trouble with his celly and wanted to get out of there. He was being threatened in his block and wanted to get into another one. Or yeah. the other thing that was not the best design, the crisis cells, the suicide watch cells um, were in one of the segregation blocks, but right across from the showers in that block. And okay. so we would also have a lot of guys that would try to go on suicide watch so that they could see people in the showers, you know? Oh, okay. And so we had plenty of that going on. I mean, so there were, there were lots of non suicidal issues happening where people were trying to go on suicide watch, yeah. you know, and figuring out how to work the system of like, Oh, if we do this, we get this. So, yeah, I think one of the, one of the crazier ones, and I use that word lightly, but one of the crazier ones that I had seen, <laughs> I was, so the mental health, floor was actually one of the it was like up some stairs it was on the second floor of one of the buildings and um i was coming back one day from one of the blocks and i had just excuse me i just walked up the stairs and i was rounding the corner walking to go back to my office and as i'm coming up the stairs i'm like i'm hearing yelling which is not uncommon and i'm hearing a guy clearly very angry and cussing and screaming and threatening again, not uncommon at all. You know, anytime like we had very regularly guys are being brought up to the floor, cuffed up and, you know, cause they've got to do a quick assessment before going to segregated housing. And so they would be super upset and denying that they had done anything and, you know, you got the wrong guy type of thing. Oh, Hey John, is it Tuesday already? (laughs) Right. Oh yeah. Oh, it's our weekly meeting. Okay. Um, but so I, I hear, what you know seems like a little bit more of a ruckus than usual you know and i i come up and as i round the corner i see this guy who's got i think he had two officers with him which usually they only have one he may have had three Hmm. but he somehow like kind of wriggles free from the hold that they had on him and headbutts one of the windows that we had that just looked into a different office, but yeah. headbutted the window and his head goes through the window. Nice. And blood is just like pouring down his face. Okay. And he is just like super upset, you know, and just like <laughs> claiming that he's suicidal at that point, you yeah. know, and again, blood's just everywhere and they're just like trying to hold this guy down. So I had just watched this man put his head through a window. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that was fun you know what's going yeah. on there and so then the next day i'm told hey you need to go assess this guy okay cool all right <laughs> let me go down there so then i get to sit in the room with this guy and he's like man i'm so suicidal if i would have thought i would have bent down and picked up one of those pieces of glass and stabbed it into my neck yeah like, oh you could have done that <laughs> like they would not have been able to stop you on that one right. you know? and um, but then he, Hindsight. you know, <laughs> right. <laughs> Mr. Chance. Oh man. But yeah, so he, then he launches into this very fantastical, like it was tough to tell. Is this guy high out of his mind? Yeah. Is he super psychotic or is he so full of it right now? Yeah. And he is just trying to say anything he can to, you know, get whatever I, and it wasn't even clear what he was trying to get, you know, yeah. but and that was, that was always the, the tough part 
at least in that setting, was is the guy high or is he psychotic or is he just straight lying? Is he trying to or work is the, it a blend of all? Yeah, just trying to work <laughs> you know? the system. Yeah, I would say that would be really tough to try to pick out <clears throat> reading people that way, and especially people that are caged up in a system like that of, you know, humans aren't meant to be caged up. So that's it's a whole new ball game as far as trying to decipher what's coming out of these people's mouth. It's hard enough out in the real world seeing if somebody's lying to you, let alone some someone who's caught up in this rigmarole of, of things. So, Well, and they talk about, and a lot of guys were accurate when they would say this, like, actually a criminal before I came here. Yeah. This place turned me into one because they spend all day long around other criminals learning how to become a better criminal. Yeah. You know, which is and I won't jump at all into my own thoughts on just the current prison systems and yeah. how all that works, you know, but it was interesting to hear, you know, the guys recognize like, yeah, being in that environment like it doesn't matter what I was like when I first came in there. It's, you know, changing me as I'm in there, you know, and I'm yeah. learning kind of the way that people do things. And yeah, well, and survival for the most oh, part, yeah. you, you got to survive. And <clears throat> yeah, it's, I hear so many stories like that from, uh, we, they have a federal prison back home now. And I hear so many stories from friends that have become guards of just like what a different world it is and how, you know, well, and, and in studies, I guess, like how guards uh, have shown, that they feel like prisoners almost like trying to keep people uh, under control in that situation and stuff. So yeah, it's, uh, it's perplexing, I guess. And I guess somebody in your profession and stuff, that's, there's a lot of things to have to look at or delve into. And yeah, I I feel for you. (laughs) Like I'm, I'm glad it's you and not me for sure. Yeah. I was, you know, I was, uh, when I first got in there, like it, the, the whole prison gig was not something I sought out, not something I ever envisioned for myself, not something I ever would have even wanted to do, you know, and it was long story short of landed what I thought was the dream job kind of fell apart unexpectedly and found myself back in the job market, you know, after having quit a different job for the dream job. And randomly this recruiter contacted me and was like hey got this job at this correction this correctional facility and it's paying what was going to be a very good rate you know like hey sure why not you know it's gonna maybe i'll end up liking it and if not i can at least give it a try for a while i'll take the and it was again it was going to be a contract position so i was like i'll make some money kind of use it as a stopgap and you know who knows maybe this will be an unexpected turn in my career and i'll fall in love with it and that's who i'll be you know and then again like not even a month after i had started covid came and that just changed everything and the job market just like tanked as far as kind of what i would want to do so i was just kind of stuck but even just having worked there as long as i did i was like man i even recognized how it was changing me you know in some ways for the better like i'm a much sharper faster kind of perceiver of you know kind of what's going on but at the same time it definitely kind of uh hardened me a little bit not necessarily in the best way you know and 
you know, kind of deadened me to, <laughs> to some things, you know, yeah. but yeah, I mean, it was, it was one of those things that if nothing else, it made me that much more confident in what I want to do, which is not prison work. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so I was, I was glad to be able to, you know, with, with corrections, you know, and yeah. move on, to, move on to the next the next situation, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, I, I look at a lot of those things and, and, uh, I feel that, that like that stretching, like I've been doing a lot of different things here lately that, that'll stretch my personality or stretch what I'm used to, I guess. And I feel like that was a great opportunity for you to be, you know, stretched in your just every day of looking at things. I mean, you're dealing with kids all the time that, you know, sometimes don't even know what they're saying or, you know, know what they're dealing with anywhere. And then you're dealing with grown men that are, you know, know sometimes what they're asking for, know what you're looking for, uh, but then at the same time, stuff that they've been dealing with for 40, 50 years that's just all being poured out on your plate, and you're like, okay, <laughs> like getting back into the old books here, looking up some old definitions. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, lots of times where I was like, I, I don't know what to do with this, you know, <laughs> or I don't know what to, how to make heads or tails, because like we're talking about like some of these guys is it are they lying are they high are they psychotic is it a blend of both or is is it all of them but today it's more about that he's high yesterday it was more about that he had a really bad head injury that was coming into play and the day before it was more about he was psychotic yeah it's it's crazy i i know i i'm planning on working the system i've been thinking about this for i won't have to get a vasectomy well not have to but i choose to I uh, get a vasectomy, yeah. got three kids ready to, you know, change things up, shake things up a little, as they say. And, uh, and, and I have found out one workaround that I'm going to try that if you say you're nervous, a lot of times they'll prescribe you of one volume, like one little oh. volume. And I was like, I think I'm going to work the system on this one. <laughs> Give it a shot. Yeah. I've, I've never done volume. And if they're just giving me one, you know, it should be okay. You know, I'll, yeah. uh, can't get hooked on the one right <laughs> and they're not going to listen to this podcast so i think i'm in the clear right. <laughs> yeah what is it you say all all tens of your followers and <laughs> oh yeah yeah all tens of elevens of my followers um well i appreciate you sharing a little bit about your life caleb i, I yeah, hope man. that we can do this again sometime i know like i said for the past i guess three years that we've been doing this i've been wanting to get you on and 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 never knowing from what experience we might delve into, but I enjoy having a friend that is a psychologist. Uh, psychologist, right? Yes, sir. Okay, yeah. I, I, I never say things right. Kelly always corrects me, and I was like, I make sure I say that, that you are that and not something different. And be like, well, actually. Uh, <laughs> but thank you, Dr. Wood, for sharing with us a little bit about your life. I'm glad you could yes, make sir. some time. Uh, I wish you the best with the, the poopy training and the potty potty stuff. I uh, also wish you the best with the new the new job that's coming in that you hopefully don't have to deal with any more prisoners. Um, <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> right. We'll see. <laughs> you never know. Never yeah. know what's, what the future is going to hold for us. Um, but, yeah, thank you so much. Like I said, you probably don't have anything to plug as far as other – like sometimes I have podcasters on. They want to plug things like, check out my socials. Um <laughs> But if they find yours, they're just going to see stuff about how potty training's falling apart. But I was going to see it. Yeah, if, if they found my Instagram, it would just be reposts of whatever my wife posts. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's about, 
minimize social media activity. Uh, a good husband. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, to the listeners out there, hopefully uh, something about this today made you say, well, daggum, I learned something today. And if it didn't, listen to it again because you, you probably missed something. Uh, <laughs> and it'll give me another download. Anyway, appreciate you giving me your time, Caleb. Absolutely. Uh, and I reckon uh, we'll talk at you next time, all right? All right, later, man. See you.